0: today's edition of The Transition Guy, we're still at San Antonio at the Scale-Up Summit, and today I've got a very special guest with me, actually one of the keynote speakers, Michael Bungie Steiner,
1: who is the author of The Coaching Habit. Oh, I like how you did that. It's like, I feel like I'm on a, a proper TV chat show here. At the oh, program. you
0: absolutely are. <laughs> now to give the audience a bit of a preamble, I actually yeah. came across your book about a year ago. Now, I'm not sure whether it was, I think it was Marshall Goldsmith had mentioned it. Maybe, yeah. Actually, you were one of the up and coming sort of thought leaders in this area. So, as a coach, I actually thought, yes, I need to read it, which was brilliant, thinking it was coaching habits for coaches. But I think what I learned
1: really early on, actually, this book isn't just for coaches, is it? No. In fact, in some ways, coaches are the secondary market that I'm targeting. The people who I'm not really trying to help people become a coach. I want everyone to become more coach-like. And it's a subtle distinction, but it can be important because if you're thinking of a coach, often you go, okay, that means I've got to do formal training. I've got to have a clientele. I've got to kind of make it a profession. Whereas I want you to consider being more coach-like as a way of just building stronger relationships with the people, not just that you lead and that you manage, although that's important, but actually it's all like with your customers, with your clients, with your family. And when we're talking about coaching, you know, there's a thousand definitions, but for me the behavior is how can you stay curious a little bit longer and how can you rush to action and advice just a little bit slower? That's the... That's the behavior change. It's really much harder than it sounds because, and we saw this yesterday in the keynote, people are advice giving maniacs. You're an advice giving maniac. You love giving advice. And there's a place for advice, of course, but I'm just trying to get you to slow down a little bit and ask a few better questions because it means you get to work less hard. The other person feels more engaged and more respected and more honoured and better expands who they are, and everybody wins from that.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because we're in a a very special time where if you take the last 100 years up to about 2003, it was a whole industrial age. Mm -hmm. We've now moved over to the digital age, and we've got a lot of business leaders. We saw it yesterday in the room. How many of the entrepreneurs in the room were above 50? Yeah. Quite a few. Yeah. And the reality is, those entrepreneurs that were born in industrial age thinking, where their management style is very much, well, carrot, and let's beat the shit out of you <laughs> with a stick.
1: And unfortunately... Well, the worst of the combinations beat the shit out of you with a carrot. Yeah. It's, it's getting really confusing.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. But the reality is that today's youth, the millennials, et cetera, that are coming through the system... They're far more educated yeah. and far more self-aware than we ever were back
1: in the old days. And the reality is, it requires a totally different approach. Yeah, I think it does. And you've still got the, the challenge everybody has. Because if you're, it doesn't matter what age you are, if you're going through school right now, high school or university... You are being trained to have the knowledge, right? You're after the A, you're after the reward, you're after knowing stuff so you can pass the test and play the game and cross the finish line. But the real shift for me is actually a way going, knowledge is becoming just increasingly less valuable because it's everywhere. I mean, you can just Google it. You know, Whatever the question is, Google it and there's the answer for you. So your knowledge, your advice, your wisdom is it's it's dating immediately, it's got a shorter half-life than ever. And actually one of the ways of thinking about how you shift, not just to understand a new generation in terms of how to manage them, but it's just to understand this is a more effective way of managing, which is helping them grow rather than downloading content to them, which honestly, they can go onto Google and find probably a slightly better answer than the one that you might have.
0: But in order for you to do that, yeah. You've got to slow down, haven't you, to be able to give these... Because what we're talking about as entrepreneurs is that you give them time. Yeah. But most of entrepreneurs will say, well, I don't have the time to give. Exactly. How do you get them to slow down, to go faster? Well, there's a couple of things.
1: The first is to, to try and diminish, break down one of the myths about coaching, which is it just takes a long time. And we have this... I think it's a hangover from how we think about executive coaching because hmm. you know, an executive coach shows up and we're like, we're going to sit down and we're going to have an hour together or two hours together and we're going to do it twice a week or twice every two weeks or something. And so if you're a normal person, you're like, oh, well, who has an hour to sit down with people and do that? Nobody. We're all flat out and we're busy. And so the starting point for me is this belief that being more coach-like, if you're coaching somebody, if you can't do it in 10 minutes or less, you don't have time to do it. So I want people to realize that it can be a really fast thing. And you know, in the, in the session yesterday, I was giving people like three minutes or four minutes to have a, a short coaching conversation. And people were amazed at the progress you can make in just a few minutes if it's a good focused conversation. The second thing that might be a relief to the folks listening and watching is to say that we're not trying to add coaching onto what they already do. Because, as I said in the, the session yesterday, it's like pouring water into a full glass. It's pointless. <laughs> you know, it's just get water everywhere. What we're really trying to do is change what you already do so it is more coach-like. If you want to imagine, it's like, there's your full glass of water. We need to change the color of the water in that glass, not try and add more water to it. So that comes down to that behavior change that I said right at the start. How do you stay curious a little bit longer How do you rush to action and advice just a little bit slower?
0: And I think that's a really valid point. And for you tuning in today, the question I'm going to ask you is, at the end of the day, you want to be more effective. Yep. What are you going to do to change what you're doing? Because most people come to me and they'll say, do you know what? I want management training. I want leadership. But the reality is these days, maybe your team has already got the talent. Mm -hmm. You're just not getting the best out of the talent. And you know what? You could do far more better work by looking and operating in their blind spot and seeing what they're not doing and seeing how you can help them
1: improve their performance. And I'll give a general point of view on this because, I mean, in the book, I say, look, there are seven good questions, and if you master those, it's going to really elevate your game as a leader. You don't have to have a huge number of tools or models or a thousand questions. Just seven good questions are... The secret but actually the first chapter of the book is actually about habit building because what we're talking about here is shifting the way you behave as a manager and as a leader and everyone nods their head but you have to know that behavior change is really hard like you've been rewarded for 10 20 30 years and behaving exactly the way you're doing now you've got some deep patterns that are hard to break so if you don't understand how to change habits it's very hard to change and evolve as a leader. Um, And the first chapter of the book is just about here's the science behind habit building, here's a simple, the new habit formula to build new habits. And at thecoachinghabit.com, you can just download that first chapter for free. If you're interested in going, well, look, this is a nice conversation, but I don't want to spend the five quid or ten quid or whatever it is on the book, you can just download a couple of those uh, chapters. And, And if you don't want to do that, I don't mind. Just go and figure out what it takes to build new habits. There's good stuff out there in the world because that is one of those meta skills. If you understand habit building, it really allows you to change and elevate your game, not just in your business, but in your life.
0: And all I'm going to say to you is just buy the book. (laughs) It's not the most expensive thing in the world. And if you can't back yourself, who's going to back you? Don't expect the bank to back you. Don't expect anybody else to back you. Backing yourself is the first step. Nice, thank you now if you resonate with anything we've talked about today head over to bulka.com and get in contact thank you very much for coming today Michael my pleasure and remember failing to learn is learning to fail